three, two, one, let's go. Welcome to Mission Forge, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you for joining me. I am Bobby Jankovic, the broker of Remax Capital. And this is where iron sharpens iron. Thank you for joining me. Today, I would like to talk to you about Mortgage 101. And this is going to be great content for you. If you're a new agent, if you're an aspiring, aspiring person who is considering joining into the real estate field, um, perhaps even if you're thinking about getting into the lending field. If you're a consumer thinking about buying a house or just looking for a refresher on um, uh, you know, what the field is like for your loans, you may want to take a listen to this. So I've broken it down into about uh, five different sections. We're going to start with just a quick checklist as a new practitioner or uh, in real estate, what I'd like you to have. Well, I'd like you to have a list of preferred lenders. Um, let's say, hopefully, you've got three or four go-to people that you can uh, refer out to consumers to get a look at their loan situation. Um, as a checklist, you also want to know that, hey, this is not me making this decision for the consumer. This is the buyer chooses who they want to work with. You can only suggest and recommend. Um, you, uh, on your checklist, want to also know that the, we want to qualify your buyer very early in the process. But notice that I didn't say as a prerequisite to beginning the process. You do not necessarily have to do this at the very beginning. Um, and we're going to talk more about that later. Um, on your checklist, I want you to make sure that you plan to communicate with the lender throughout the process. And that goes from initial consultation, um, even up to and beyond closing. All right, this is not something where we are just going to hand this off and check out of the process. Um, and on last on your checklist, I want you to know the different loan types. And I want you to be able to consult um, and make suggestions to the buyer and, and make sure they know to make final decisions based on the advice of their loan officer. But you need to know the ins and outs of these things and, and present benefits and pitfalls to each different one. Okay, let's move on to section two where I've got some action items for you. I want you to go out and I want you to collect some cards, some information from these preferred lenders. Um, and I want you to make a quick and easy to distribute list, something that can be easily grabbed and emailed, uh, sent via text, or just physically handed out to a consumer. I want you to make an action item to get to know these lenders. If you don't have firsthand experience, um, which is extremely normal for somebody who has not had any experience, um, you need to make efforts to get out to know them, talk to people who are experienced and see what their recommendations are, speak with your broker, uh, who does a good job, who treats the clients right, and then get to know them. And don't be surprised if you're invited out for a small social uh, uh, event, such as a coffee or a meal. 
Um, look, these these folks are lenders are trying to build their business and they're trying to win your 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 they're trying to win a shot at earning your client's business. So they want you to know that they can be trusted. Give them a chance to get to know you. Um, part of this is going to be connecting with them on the appropriate social media channels. And um, also, you're going to want to seek and also um, provide reviews, testimonials, likes, and shares whenever appropriate and after having worked with somebody. Um, last, I think is a good, important action item that um, as you get busier, you're going to be looking for ways to leverage out your time. Um, lenders will be aggressive in trying to help you in different ways um, to, to grow your business, find out what those are and what will work for you and your business plan. Um, if you're going to be planning to do a lot of open houses, you might look for a preferred lender who is eager to help you promote and hold open houses. Um, that's just a, for instance, some will also, uh, help you stay in touch with your clients after closing. That could be a value to you. All right, on to some best practices in the mortgage field. Um, I need you to commit to understanding the loan, different loan products. We'll talk more about that in a second. Um, you need to commit to not being the source of information because you are not holding a uh, mortgage license and that you are okay with just simply being the resource. You are pointing people in the direction where they can get expert information. So... Be the resource, not the source. I need you to commit to staying up on industry trends. Uh, there's plenty of information in our email box every day about the trends of the mortgage industry. You can also um, follow different content and be up to speed on what the trends are doing, and I think that you should. Um, and also, you should know where the rates are. Uh, the most common questions we get as uh, real estate professionals, how's the market? Where are interest rates? And if you have a pretty good working knowledge of those questions on a routine basis, you're always going to have something of value to deliver to the consumer when they inevitably ask you one of those or both of those questions. Okay. On to yadas and yagadas for mortgage. Um, this is where I'm going to sort of break down your different loan types. Um, I'm going to start with the three bigs, um, FHA, VA, and conventional. Let's understand that um, these three are going to largely be defined by who is backing that loan, meaning who's providing the insurance, who is underwriting it. Um, in case of default. Isn't it interesting that we always tend to define things by the possible failure of it? So in FHA, we have the Federal Housing Administration, also known as the Ho Housing and Urban Development. Um, we have HUD, and this is backed by the, those of us who pay taxes in the United States. So um, this is a generally a low entry uh, down payment, three and a half percent is your uh, standard, I believe. Of course, you can put down more as a consumer and your credit score to get in is generally a little bit lower, um, allowing a little bit uh, greater numbers of folks to qualify for loans. Um, it's constantly, I shouldn't say constantly changing, but it changes. Um, 
fairly routinely. It'll go up or down depending on the, the climate in the in the industry. Again, going back to you should stay up on those trends. Um, as far as an appraisal process goes, they tend to be considered, I'd say, the most strict of the three. Um, the guidelines for an FHA appraisal appraiser are very um, stringent, and you will see those appraisers acting almost as though they're performing a home inspection. Uh, it hasn't quite gotten that bad, but it's pretty close. There are things that they will look for that other appraisers and other loan types will not. And keep in mind, appraisers can be doing different loan types. So the same appraiser has to put on a different hat depending on the loan type. Um, moving on to VA, we are backed, uh, at least the top 25% of the loan is backed by the Veterans Administration. Thank you for your sacrifice to our service members. And this is one small way that we um, say thank you by offering them a loan product with 100% um, financing, uh, meaning they don't need to bring anything to the table. It is very common in our market um, currently that those uh, active service members generally present offers asking for closing cost assistance from the seller and usually are granted such. Um, every situation is unique, of course, um, but know your specific market, especially if you have uh, military installations nearby. And in Virginia, yes, <laughs> that's everybody. Um, uh, the appraisal process is strong and strict. It is probably not quite as strict as FHA, but they do have guidelines and they will have seller make repairs, certainly respective to the cap. Uh, the one thing to understand in a VA uh, loan that the buyer may not pay for anything. So uh, you need to know that as uh, a buyer's agent. You need to, need to know that as a seller's agent, that if something does come up that exceeds the cap, um, buyer says, hey, man, I'm willing, I'm willing to, I can fix that myself. I can pay for that. Well, guess what? It doesn't fly. Seller's got to do it and seller's got to pay for it. Or if a deal can fall apart. Um, it's just the way the VA is written. And again, as a, protection for our service members. Um, conventional, backed by private markets, quote unquote, um, private markets being Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, which are really, I don't know if that's the right word way to describe them as private markets, but I guess it's as private as we'll get. Um, I think what ends up happening is those products end up getting sold out to um, institutional warehousing things like uh, pension funds and um, other large investment mechanisms that pull that money through. And it tends to be um, higher uh, credit rating folks that get that qualify for uh, conventional loans, largely because um, your down payment monies are greater five, 10% down, sometimes even 20, 25% down. And, you know, sellers tend to like these loans coming through because sometimes it makes them understand that this buyer may have their financial act in order and be a stronger candidate who is more likely to perform at the closing table. 
In addition, the sellers do tend to like the fact that the appraisal process is the least strict among them. Um, appraiser, appraiser guidelines are the, the easiest going, and um, that's going to translate into less issues uh, for the seller to iron out if there is a problem found. Some, un, some less common but also um, fairly popular loan types, you have your FHA 203K, which is a rehab product, allows the borrower to purchase um, the house that is in need of repairs and will not qualify in its current condition or will qualify but could also be improved. For instance, it has a kitchen that is functional but it would be updated and also the value would be greater if the uh, heating system were modernized, something along those lines. And the borrower can purchase the value of the repairs and go through a process where the repairs are done after closing and the property is reappraised and everybody is happy. Um, there is also a VA rehab product as well. Um, VHDA here in the state of Virginia is a Virginia Housing Development Authority product for first-time buyers. And there are income limits on these products. And these loans can be backed by either conventional or FHA. Um, I want to swing back to the VA and mention that there are value limits on these um, loans depending on the zip code in the market. Um, I believe in our market here in Tidewater, it is in the high 400,000s. I'm going to just pick a number and say I think it's in the right around 481. Um, and that's going to depend on your market. If the value exceeds the house, the borrower can elect to bring the difference to the table um, to keep things moving. USDA. USDA is a rural loan product, which is much more common than you think here in the Tidewater area, especially as you move up on the peninsula toward Richmond. Um, and all of our counties, uh, I would hazard, do have USDA available properties. And that is also a 100% loan product. Um, it has two underwriting phases, the actual lender and then USDA itself. They are known to take a little bit longer, sometimes have some uh, restrictions on fund availability. I haven't seen that in a while. I would, if you choose this um, path, I would get a good lender known for this loan type. Um, and also they do, I believe, have income restrictions. Um, I want you to oughta and gotta know that you're Patience is required for your client. I told you I would come back to this. Not all clients or customers are excited about sharing financial information at the outset of the loan of the home buying process, and you should be sensitive to that. And you should also know that if you get into the process and determine or learn that the buyer has some clouds on their um, financial situation that can be ironed out that you should uh, help shepherd them through that and take the time and be patient with them. If they're motivated to fix the problem, then you should help them get there. And, and that's just the right thing to do. And that doesn't always mean, mean we are going to put that 
prequal letter up as a barrier to entry to getting into my office to talk to me. Uh, let's let the consumer come in. Let's get to know them. Let's build a rapport, allow them to get involved with the loan officer, figure out what the, what the uh, field looks like, and then solve any problems from there. Um, you need to understand you oughta and you gotta know what it means to really have a cash offer and what value that brings, what the buyer presenting cash is going to expect, and what the seller can expect to benefit from getting a cash offer. And lastly, you oughta and you gotta know the difference that what loan to value means and how those will impact the buyer and the seller. I've gonna round it out with some pitfalls for mortgage. And here I am going to remind you that if you are not involved in this process, it will bite you. You are not handing the baton off to somebody else and waiting for this thing to close, okay? You are gonna be actively working on this throughout. You are going to see a pitfall if you don't know that the different loan types will influence the perception of quality of your offer to the seller. You will also face a pitfall if you don't understand that down payment and earnest money may influence the perception of quality of offer to the seller. And you will face a pitfall if you don't understand the difference between a prequal letter and a pre-approval letter and the quality and perception of quality that that offer may have to the seller. And everywhere I said to the seller, I have to also insert to the selling agent. Um, we are not talking directly to the seller when we're involved in agency. We are talking to an agent who is delivering this information to the seller. And listing agents take their jobs very seriously and they are trying to perform at a high level for their sellers. So they are going to be advising them. And you need to understand this. Lastly, as a listing agent, you need to understand what I just said, which is that as the listing agent, it is your job to provide this type of information to the seller so that they can make good qualified decisions in the event that you get a single offer or that you get multiple offers and how they can decide what to do and how to proceed. Thank you all for joining me on this Mortgage 101 uh, session of Mission Forge. And I hope that you'll join me on Facebook, on the Facebook group that we have called Mission Forge. And I'd like to see your content. This is where we sharpen iron. Iron sharpens iron, everybody. Thanks for joining me.